Good evening, Fellowship College. Would you stand with us as we worship? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's declare this together in your word. Yes, you. before you this morning, this evening, I guess, sorry. Jesus, that you are faithful and that we're often not. So Jesus, we just ask that today you'd bless it, that you'd open our minds and our hearts to receive you, to sit under the teaching of your word and to worship you truly in spirit and in truth. Father, we love you. Amen. You guys can be seated for a second. 
Uh, my name's Ty, if you haven't met me yet. Um, I graduated just a few months ago, and so this still kind of feels like my crowd. And I really, really love coming and worshiping with you all. Um, I find, and if you're anything like me, for some reason, it's always Saturday night that gets me. I lead a lot on Sunday mornings, I lead on Sunday nights, but Saturday night, something happens, whether it's a fallout with a friend, some anxiety, some fear, just frustration, it all seems to well up in me on Saturday night. And I always come in today super hurried and frustrated and anxious and snappy, and I'm kinda like, kinda like a fish under the water. When you reach and you just break the surface tension, that thing just darts, like it gets out of there. I'm just flighty, I'm anxious, I'm nervous. And so it's hard for me when I come in here because I'm carrying all of the baggage of yesterday and all of my fears for tomorrow into this place. And somehow, some way, I'm supposed to put a smile on my face and sing that God is faithful. And I just don't feel it. And I don't even wanna offer the answer to that. Um, I don't really know if there is one that I can give you. But I believe Jesus is faithful. I believe he's here. And so I just wanna give us a moment as we continue just to, to sit in his presence and pray. Um, in the back, we have our prayer room, and um, there's little cards, and if you need prayer, we'd love for you to go back there and fill those out, just so our team can pray for you. If you ever need to grab somebody and take them back to the corner just to pray, we encourage that. That'll be open this entire service. But I want us to just sit for a moment it's in the presence of our Father. Um, and so I'm just gonna kinda guide us through a prayer time just to posture our hearts. So if you guys would, let's bow our heads. And in this moment, would you just... Bring to God all of the things that are worrying you, all of your frustrations, all of your fears, maybe even things that you're angry at him about. Would you just bring that before him? If you have anything you need to confess to him, any sin that you've been living in, unrepentant, would you just confess that to him? Would you just take a second, ask him to remind you that you're forgiven in Jesus? Would you follow that by giving him thanks for things that you've seen him do, for the life you're living, the air you're breathing? Let's just give him thanks. just take a moment just to tell our Father what we need. Philippians 4 says, the Lord is near to not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, by asking him for help with thanksgiving, submit all of your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You just tell your Father what you need.
Oh, Lord Jesus, how quickly we forget the ways that you've been faithful to us in the past. It's so easy for us to let our fears for tomorrow and our burdens of yesterday just cloud us out from feeling any of your presence. And we just carry this baggage with us, God, and we feel like you're a million miles away. So, Lord, we just ask in this moment as we quiet ourselves and slow down that you just remind us of your love. Remind us that it comes without an agenda, without hidden motives, and it's not about what you can get from us. Jesus, would you just remind us of your love as we continue to sing?
accepting like a child that we're loved by you and it's not because we deserve it it's because you're kind because you're loving because you're father so jesus thank you for this time i pray for josh as he teaches it be your words and not his Let our hearts be opened by your spirit just to receive your word today as truth as authority and as the way to life god we love you and we need you amen amen <clears throat> y'all can take a seat Hope uh, the semester is off to a good start for y'all so far. If, if nobody has told you this yet, let me be the first to tell you, almost none of your academic accomplishments mean anything when you graduate. Can I say that? Have you heard that before? Because if not, they've been lying to you. Pretty much none of them mean anything. And I'm sorry if this is the first time you're hearing that. I, on the other hand have one, one academic accomplishment that surpasses all of them. And I could almost, it's a pretty big room, but I could almost guarantee that nobody else in this room has this same accolade. I was kicked out of my very first class freshman year. Anybody else? Like kicked out of a college, anyone here even just been kicked out of a college class? Nobody? <laughs> just, just me? First class, like 9 a.m., first day, freshman year, I get kicked out. Like, that's, that's, tough. that's tough to beat. It wasn't even for, like, a good reason. I wish I had, like, a, a better story to tell you. But all that happened was I walk into class. I had these new friends that I kind of created the day, couple days before, and they were in the same class with me. And 10 minutes in, one of the guys sneezes behind me. And so, you know, freshman year, first day, like you kind of got to set like who's the, like the funny guy in class. Like you kind of have to earn that. And so I turned around, I was like, bless your soul, child. <laughs> I went to a Christian college. We're not as funny as y'all. And so, but they thought, I don't know if it was pity laughs or genuine, but I'm not gonna lie, a couple of people around me thought that was pretty, pretty funny and we're kinda, we're kinda laughing and the professor's trying to get our attention, like, okay, like, all right, y'all, like, enough, like, that's it. And I didn't, I didn't hear her and all of a sudden I hear this, like, this, like, yell. Hey, you, right, first day of class, she has no idea who I am, doesn't know my name. Hey, you, and I, I, tur I turn around and of course that finger is, like, like, right at me. You, get out. Now, I'm like, they didn't prepare me for this in high school. I didn't know what to do. And so I literally just like put my laptop in my backpack and go have second breakfast. I was like, I was, I was stunned. I got kicked out of my first class. And the only reason I tell you that is because when someone kind of calls you out, it, it demands some sort of response. There's like a little bit of, of accountability to it. Right, we kind of like to hide in groups. The reason I know this is because I've been in group texts and group me's with a lot of you. And I'll say, hey, like this is Josh from Fellowship. Like, hey, why don't you sign up for this small group that we have? Like nothing. No, like nobody, like there'll be like 40 people in this group. Nobody even like hearts my message. Nobody likes it, nothing. And so then I kind of, Go a little savage, and I'll text everyone individually. And then the responses start coming in. Like when you get called out, when there's like not this group to hide in, it's like it's you, you. Like an action is kind of required, and you have to say something, or else you'll like be go like be the guy or girl that ghosts people, and that's not as acceptable 
in our culture, if you didn't know that. Like, you can never respond to a single group text for the rest of your life, and that would be totally fine. No one's gonna think less of you, but if you are the guy or girl that doesn't respond and ghosts people, that's actually me, ghosts people, like, you don't wanna be that guy. You don't wanna be that girl. And so tonight, we pick up the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, this, this last week, if y'all were here last week, kind of gave in the first five or six verses this kingdom ethic. Like, what, does it, what do kingdom people look like? What is the good life, this blessed life that Jesus is offering? And so he talks about stuff like, blessed are the poor in spirit. All of you who, are, who mourn over, over your sin, over what's broken, like, you're the ones that are blessed. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and so on. And then all of a sudden in verse 11, we see this, this switch. It's really subtle, it's really quick, but Jesus goes from blessed are, are those people who do these things and who act this way, to blessed are you. And in verse 11 we see blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. He says, rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. And tonight we're picking up in verse 13 and the first word is gonna be you. And I, I don't think this is an accident. I really do think Jesus is doing something on purpose here. He just went to explain the, the good life, the blessed life. And now he's about to call those same people into action. He's gonna kind of demand something for them. So tonight we're gonna see what these kingdom people, these, these followers of Jesus, what kind of influence do they have? When followers of Jesus enter into a room, they enter into a community, what happens? What kind of influence do they have? And so we're gonna see tonight that first, it's noticeable, it's distinct, and it's beneficial. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew 5, and we're gonna start in verse 13 tonight. I'm gonna read it all the way through real quick. This is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. The first thing we see here is that the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, it's noticeable, right? If you wanna have any sort of influence, it has to be noticeable. So God's kingdom is, is not meant to be hidden. And to illustrate this, he uses two really common like illustrations. He uses two things that these people 2,000 years ago would have used on a daily basis, and now 2,000 years later, we also use these things on a daily basis. And so some of this is gonna sound like, it's gonna sound so obvious. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's part of the point. You're gonna hear some of these things and you're gonna be like, you're talking to me like I'm a 10-year-old. Like, I, this, I know what salt is, I know what light is. But I want you to know that's part, part of Jesus' point here. The first thing he says is that you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And I think Jesus is actually making kind of a joke here, right? Like Jesus is actually kind of funny. Like I think he's making a joke here because I don't know you, but I, I've never checked the expiration date on my salt. Has anyone checked, checked the expiration date on their salt? There's no, I actually checked yesterday before by preparing this sermon just in case there was one. There's not. No expiration date on salt because it never loses its taste. It never loses its saltiness. It's, it's impossible. And so what Jesus is saying is, hey, 
salt of the earth, if you're the salt of the earth, like it's gonna be noticed. You know when salt's there and you know when it's gone. Any Chipotle fans here? Okay. I, I might be one of the biggest Chipotle fans in the world. Like I could eat their lunch and dinner and literally get the exact same thing, lunch and dinner for the rest of my life. And if you wanna know my Chipotle order, come find me after. I'd love to, to enlighten you to the secret of Chipotle. And the Chipotle on Dixon, I feel like they do a pretty good job. I'm a fan. But that Chipotle on college, like I'm sorry if you work for the Chipotle on college here, but this is accountability. Like it's time for some accountability here because they have been swinging and missing on my orders lately. Like I'll get a bowl and I'll, I'll use like the chips to kind of like scoop it in. That's a, that's a pro move, by the way. And the last time I went there, I got this bag of chips. You gotta pay extra, you know, like you're expecting some high quality stuff. And I take one bite of the chip and I, I really did wanna like throw up. I was like, I took, I took the bag. Unfortunately, I was already home, so I couldn't just take it back. I took the bag and I threw it away. How do you forget salt on a chip? They forgot salt on the chip. And I just threw it away. You know, like salt, it's one of those things, you know when it's there and you know when it's not. Light, light is the same way. You know when it's there, you know when it's not. We have, uh, my wife and I have a three-month-old. Come on, tell me she's not so cute. This has nothing to do with my sermon. I just wanted to put this picture up. No, okay, it has a little bit to do with it. So Blair, this is Blair. Blair, when she's like, when we're trying to get her to bed, like the conditions, they have to be perfect. Like these conditions, it's like, we gotta make sure like there's no like loud noises. We gotta make sure that it's as dark as humanly possible. If we really want her to sleep well, it's like the conditions have to be perfect. And I swear this happens all the time. We'll be kind of like trying to get her to go to sleep. And all of a sudden the, the, the door to the bathroom will kind of like creak, like it'll just get open just a little bit. And it's always this like stream of light that just hits her like straight in the eyes. It's like always, per you think I would like change where, where we try and put her to bed, but no, all the time it just goes straight like in the eyeballs and she could be like asleep and she sees that light and it's like, like she like has this like startle reflex and is like wide awake and all she can look at until we close that door is this light. You know when light's there, you know when it's not. This is how the kingdom is supposed to be. This is how kingdom people should be. God's kingdom is not supposed to be hidden. And yet, if you're anything like me, we so often try to hide it. We so often kind of try and like, oh, we don't want to be that guy or that girl. We don't want to step in those conversations. We don't want to share the gospel. We don't want to come across as the Christian. And a lot of us, when we're hanging out with non-believers, non-Jesus followers, will try and hide it. This is the opposite of what the kingdom is supposed to be. We say, oh man, I don't really want to fill in the blank. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to come across as judgy. I don't want to be seen as that person. And so we're fine with the whole like church on Sunday morning or Sunday night and Bible study. But when it comes to some of these radical things of following Jesus, what it looks like to follow Jesus, we try and hide those things. But that's not what the kingdom is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be noticeable. Secondly, the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be distinct. The influence that the kingdom has is supposed to be a little bit different. Like followers of Jesus should be different. Here's how John Stott says it. He says, the sermon, talking about the Sermon on the Mount, the sermon describes what human life and human community look like when they come under the gracious rule of God. 
And what do they look like? They look different. Now, when you study this passage, when you look at this passage, this might be more subtle and implicit. And again, this is gonna be one of those things that you're like, okay, this is stupid, that's so obvious. But that's the point. Salt is different than the stuff you put salt on. Okay, do we agree with that? Salt is salt because it's not the other stuff. Salt is salt because it's not meat or veggies or eggs or ice cream. Salted caramel ice cream, come on. So good, Jenny's salted caramel ice cream. Is Burton here? Let's get an amen. Amen. (laughs) Oh man, if you've never tried salted caramel ice cream, this is just a plug for food today, by the way. I'm just giving you all all my favorite foods. The reason salt is useful is because it's different than the other things. I know that's obvious, but the reason light is useful is because it's different than darkness. Y'all probably don't want to hear this, but as a follower of Jesus, you are supposed to be a little bit different. Now, the right question would be different how? Different in what ways? Go back to the Beatitudes that we studied last week. Go back to verses 3 through 12. Look at those. When the world is full of pride and boasting, we're supposed to have this, this poverty of spirit, this humility. When the world is celebrating things that are broken and destroyed, we're supposed to mourn over those things. When the world is full of revenge and, hey, you get what you deserve, we're supposed to be filled with, with love and with mercy. When the world is just full, and this is our world today, full, full, full of brokenness, division, tribalism, all this brokenness, people on on opposite sides, when it's full of division and anger and frustration, we're called to be peacemakers. And when people judge you or mean to you, yell at you, look down upon you, don't wanna hang out with you because of those things, because you're different. We're called to rejoice, to have joy. Christians, people who follow King Jesus are supposed to be different. I think I've just been clicking buttons as I'm going. That's when you know I'm on a roll when I start clicking buttons. These guys, it's really easy to point at these guys. These are, if you don't know them, they're kind of like the celebrity pastors. They're the ones that are discipling Justin Bieber right now. It's really easy to point to these guys and be like, man, like these guys are just, they're trying to reach the world by conforming to the world. They're trying to reach the world by being more like them. You see them with their $1,000 shoes and while preaching on stage, and you're like, man, they're trying too hard. They're not different. It's really easy to point to these guys and to not address our own hearts in this. Like, think about it. How are you different? From the world, like in what ways, if you were to, to look at like your Monday through Sunday, like how is your week different than someone who's not a follower of Jesus? Is the way you spend your time any different besides maybe an hour or two on a Sunday? Is what you spend money on any different? The things you talk about, the things you think about, the things you click, what you wear. Are any of those things different?
And if you're like me, we like to hide it under this kind of mirage, if you will, of, well, I'm trying to become all things for all people so that some may know Jesus. But those, we just went over that. Those aren't the ways that we're called to be different. Are you influencing the people around you, people that aren't followers of Jesus? Or if you're being honest, are they influencing you? The kingdom of heaven is, is different. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're supposed to be a little weird if you're a Jesus follower. You're supposed to be a little different. So that's one camp over here. And then there's a whole nother camp that especially us in the Bible Belt like to fall into where we just like to hang out with the same people. We're not different from the world, not because of the things we do or don't do, but we're not different from the world because we only hang out with people who think the same things we do, believe the same things we do, talk the same way we do, vote the same way we do. And that's not the call of the Christian life either, not just to, to kind of huddle up as, as Christians in this room and then never go out into the world. Think about it, salt by itself is not enjoyable. Like if you have a spoonful of salt, it's disgusting. And if you have a room that's full of light and you bring in your flashlight, that's not gonna do much, if anything at all. And so not only are we supposed to be a little bit different from the world, but we're supposed to walk into the world we're supposed to walk into this darkness. That's the only, only chance we have at being somewhat beneficial. And that's the third thing we see in this passage. Jesus says that, that if salt has lost its saltiness, if salt has lost its taste, its flavor, it's useless. It's not good for anything. And the purpose of light, again, is not to be hidden. You don't put a lamp under a basket, but you put it on a stand where it gives light to all in the house. Salt is supposed to add flavor. Salt is supposed to add taste. Light is supposed to illuminate. It's supposed to give vision and direction. It's supposed to show you the things that you didn't see before things that you were blind to. And when we only kind of stay in these little, these little camps of Christians, when we go to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night and we go to small group and we have Bible studies and we only hang out with our Christian friends and we never step out into the world, what's the point? We're useless if we're just so focused in on ourselves and our little groups. This is what Jesus has called us to go and do. We're called to go and make disciples of all nations. We're called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Like imagine just for a second, like some of y'all, y'all were home a couple weeks ago. Imagine your, your, your mom or your dad kind of came up to you like, hey, you're going back to school in a couple days, uh, and so before you go, will you just make sure like your bed's made, make sure you clean your room a little bit, just make sure everything's kind of like nicer than you left it, right? Like make sure everything's kind of tidied up a little bit. You're like, okay, mom, like got it, like I'll go do that. A couple hours later, your mom kind of checks in on you, is like, hey, like what's going on? Like, did you clean your room? You're like, no, I didn't, but guess what I did? I invited all my friends over to my house. We all sat in that room. We, we sat in a circle and we talked about all the different ways that we could clean our room. Like you wouldn't believe how many different ways you can clean your room. It's like, it's crazy. It's just crazy. We spent hours just talking about it. It was, it was unbelievable. It was such a cool experience. Uh, that's, that's great. So is your room clean? 
No, mom, you're not getting, you're not getting it. Like, we, we sang songs about it. Like, Mav City has a new song about cleaning your room, and it's, oh my gosh, like, I was like weeping. I mean, I, mom, I, I put my hand up. Like that's, like, that's how powerful it was. It was crazy. You should have been there. So it, I, I'm confused. Is the, room, is the room clean or not? Mom, I know how to say clean your room in Greek now. Like, it's, it's silly, but this is what I do. This is what some of y'all do. We, we, we study the Bible. We meet in groups. We come hear the word preached to you. We sing songs. And please hear me out. Those things are purposeful, and those things are powerful, and those things are good. But if that's what our whole week looks like, and then we never do anything about it, and we never actually do what Jesus says and follow him, we don't go to these broken places and to these dark places, and we just, we just kind of stay in our little huddles, then we're useless. We're purposeless. God's kingdom is supposed to be a blessing to the community. We're supposed to leave it better than we found it. One chapter later, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to bring God's kingdom here and now. And so think about this. What are the darkest places in your sphere of influence, the places where, where you don't want to go, where you want to hide? You don't want to be this Jesus follower. What are the most broken places, the darkest places, the places that need salt, that need light? And how can you and your friends step into those places as salt of the earth, as light of the world, and actually bless them, benefit them, leave it better than you found it. Here's just one example. I heard this story from, from someone at our church. Him and a couple families started this thing called New Beginnings. If you haven't heard of it, you gotta go check it out. It's so cool what they're doing. Basically, they, they would drive by this, this spot of land, this like couple acres of, of land almost daily. And it's off of MLK. I bet you a lot of y'all have driven by it a bunch of times and there's just homeless people everywhere. In fact, this is what it looked like. There's, there was 120 homeless people living here in third world conditions. Like that means like they, they don't know when they're gonna get their meal. They don't know how to get water. They don't really have shelter. They're trying to, every winter that comes around, they're just hoping they survive. Hoping that they make it through. Tons of drug addictions, tons of mental disabilities. Just, this is a dark, dark place. And they would drive by it every day. And they'd be like, man, someone's really gotta do something about that. Man, when's the city gonna step in and finally fix this homeless problem? When's someone gonna, gonna come in and actually do something, gonna change this? And days go by, months go by, years go by, nothing changes. And then it dawns on them. What if God has us here for us to be the, the people that go and be light? What if God has us here so, so we can start to change this? And so they, they kind of gathered together, they, they pulled resources, they got a lot of people involved, and they went and they, they built these, these shelters, like these like air conditioning, uh, heat, like beds, places that they could stay. They, they provided people to meet with them weekly help them get the, the prescriptions they needed, help them get documents that they needed so they could go find a job, help them remind them that, that they do have a purpose, that God hasn't forgotten about them, that they are loved, that they are human beings. And they went 
to the darkest places they knew and they just went to be lights. And they didn't do it so that I would put this up on the screen. They didn't do it to get any glory. But they did it because they realized that they were in darkness at one point. Although it might have looked a, a little bit different, it might have not seemed as, as severe to the outside world, but at one point, they were living in darkness. And Jesus came in and gave light. And so they were doing this to show this light that Jesus had brought them. They did it so that, so maybe that they could get a glimpse of that light. So maybe Jesus could get the glory. See, this is how this passage ends in verse 16. Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Why would God get glory for, for us shining light? It's because any light that is in you right now, whether you know it or not, has been given to you. Any light that is in you right now is from Jesus, who is the light of the world. Here's how Peter describes this. He's saying, but you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that, here's the reason, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is our call as followers of Jesus. This is the type of influence we, we should have. What if this room, and maybe a better way to say it is, what if you, what if you, because you have received this light when you were walking in darkness, what if you, because Jesus has brought you from, from death to life, from darkness to light, what if you were to go into a dying and dark world and, and, and declared who Jesus is, show, show everyone the light of the world? What if we weren't scared? What if we didn't try and hide? What if we did look a little different, even if that did cost us some friendships? And what if in your, in your time here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you left this place better than you found it and you gave all glory to Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, we, we praise you tonight, Lord. Any light that we have is only because of you. Lord, I pray that, that Fayetteville, Arkansas, that the University of Arkansas really would be a city on a hill. Lord, that this place would be changed by your light. This place would be changed by your gospel, that there would be people in this room that would go out into the darkest places in this area and that they would go and bless and be lights and salt. Lord, we need you desperately. None of this is even remotely possible without you. And so would you shine your light in us as we go out? Praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
There's no darkness in your There's no question in your There's no hiding from your fear. There's no striving in your There's no borders in your No division in your heart God of heaven God of freedom There's no taking back the
Let the light that shines Well, tonight we get to celebrate what, what the Lord has been doing in someone's life that's very, very special to me. Everyone, welcome my mom. You can say, hey, mom. So to say that the last two years in our family has been just difficult and really full of darkness would be would be an understatement. It's been a hard couple of years. And yet in that time, we, we have seen God's light so brightly and especially in your life. I've just seen, I've just seen the Lord just be so faithful and so gracious and so loving. And I've seen you cling to him. And I've seen the work that he's done in you. And I'm so proud of you. I really am. And so it is, it is a, just a joy and an honor to get to baptize you tonight. So mom, do you believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's king? Yes, I do. Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Yes, I do. And you commit in front of a room full of people that you're going to follow him for the rest of your life? Well, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to new life. Love you. Oh 
Well, if you're here tonight and you, you want to kind of learn more, some practical things of like, how do I go be a light to this community? We'd love to talk to you. Or maybe you just feel like you personally have just been walking in just this season of darkness and you need help and prayer. We'd love to do that for you. Come, come find us. We'll be up here. Uh, we have Camp War Eagle with us tonight. And so if you, it's a very easy way to, to give light to, to kids who are, who are walking in darkness this summer. So go check out. They're gonna be back there tonight. If you need anything else, we, we love you. You can still sign up for small groups. I know I kind of bashed small groups earlier. We love small groups, okay? You can still sign up for small groups, link in bio, but we love you. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. See ya.